I'm going to look at Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. It's quite a long reading, but I think we better read most of it in any case. Numbers chapter 16, and we'll read at verse 1. Now Korah the son of Izhar, and the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his, and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do. Take your censers, Korah and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also. For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord, and what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that flowed with milk and honey, to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put the, out the eyes of these men? Will ye, we will not come up. Moses was very wroth. And said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. And Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron, tomorrow. And take every man his censer, and put incense therein, and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers. Thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer, and put fire in them, and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O oh God, 
the God of the spirits of all flesh. Shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abram, on every side, and Dathan and Abram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done of them of mine own hand, mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited upon the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all their that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. It came to pass, as he made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground cleaved asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed over them and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them for they said lest the earth swallow us up also. And they came out of fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak unto Eliezer the son of Aaron the priest that he take up the censers out of the burning, and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. And goes on to verse 20, uh, uh, 39. And Eliezer, took, the priest, took the brazen censers, wherewith they, they that were burnt had offered, and they made them broad plates for a covering of the altar, to be a memorial unto the children of Israel, and that no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. <coughs> what an amazing story, isn't it? We're back today with the children of Israel. We were with them last week. Uh, we had the story, uh, the, the chapter 15 is sort of a gap in the middle of the travelling. And uh, if you were here last week, you'd have, you'd have heard a bit about that. It was all about the fringes, the garments and things. But now we're back on the road with the children of Israel. And rebellion, rebe rebellion has taken place. Out and out rebellion against Moses and Aaron. We saw it a while back that Miriam had sort of, there was a family problem then. Within the family, Miriam objected to, to Moses, because Moses was the younger brother. Being a younger brother is always difficult. And they, they, they had rebelled within the family. And she had been given leprosy, and then she was healed of the leprosy. But now we have here Korah. Korah, you know, Korah was his cousin, his first cousin. Still sort of a family thing. 
their fathers had been brothers. And he was apparently the chief instigator of the problem. And there was agitation. It's just the same today, isn't it? We say cynically, you know, don't we? You, know, you, can, make, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And, and, you know, it is true. There can be problems and conflicts within families. We've had that series recently on television, haven't we? Hitting out all about family violence and abuse of children. So often we see that when there are problems with abuse of children, its relations are quite often the guilty ones. Of course, we then have the, the, the brutal abuse which has been so prevalent recently in churches, so-called Christian churches. The trouble is, you see, some of these churches, their doctrines are not right, and they, they, they have this forbidding to marry, called in the Bible a doctrine of demons. And then the sign of the latter days. These people teach that the, 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 the priests stand in place of Christ. Standing in his place instead. That's why we have the word uh, vicar. Vicar of Christ on earth. The Pope calls himself the vicar of Christ. He, he's there instead of Christ. Coming from the, the word vicarious. The high priest. He stood between Israel and the people. Aaron was the high priest. The only way the, the, the Israelite could get to God was through the high priest. He was the one who went in and offered atonement. He was the one through whom the Israelite had to go to God. But that all changed when Christ came. Christ became our high priest. And he went into the presence of his father. And then it is through our high priest that we go to God. Not through an earthly priest. We now go directly to God through the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all in Hebrews. If you read Hebrews, he, he is our high priest and we go to God directly through him. We don't have to go through anybody else. But let's get back to today's passage. We have these three men, Korah, Dathan and Abram, the ringleaders. And they gather 250 other malcontents around them. It's very easy sometimes to get other people to, to join in. If you have a grievance, it's very easy to, to, to convince other people that they have something to, to moan about as well. They weren't a rabble. These men were, were uh, famous in the congregation, men of renown. They weren't just any old bunch. They were princes of the people. And he, they persuaded these men that they had a problem. Not a rabble, but a crowd. You know, a crowd can become a rabble and a rabble can become a mob very, very easily. That's what happened. They rose up in rebellion against Moses. They obviously had some deep-seated resentment seething under the surface. And you know, that is the trouble, isn't it? Lots of people are resentful under the surface. And it's, it only takes something small. And we get this in families, don't we, in particular? You, everything seems okay on the surface, and then something just snaps, and then it all comes flowing out. Like a volcano, just waiting to erupt. Something quite innocuous just is mentioned, and then the whole thing just explodes. Some people say it's better to get it all out in the open. Maybe, I don't know. 
some of the Jewish writers about this uh, saying we were talking last week about the fringes they had a garment an outer fr- a garment and Moses told the people on this outer garment on the four corners of it they were to put a fringe and the fringe was to have a, 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 a ribbon of blue around it and the object of that was for people when they put on this garment they were to be reminded when they saw the fringes of the goodness of God how he had brought them out of the land of Egypt how he had led them through the wilderness how he had brought them to the promised land the whole object of these fringes was to remind people of God and we, we, we saw that the, the Pharisees eventually in Jesus' time they made the fringes so long to make people think they were holy and, and they, 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 Jesus complained about this the very object of uh, making people try to remember how good God was the Pharisees were putting it on to make people think how good they were the exact opposite and that story where, where the woman came through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment it's the same word she touched one of these fringes in faith and she was healed but in any case the the, uh, Jewish writers think that the argument that started this whole thing the the catalyst that that caused the problem to arise was the the colour of these fringes the writers say that the fringes were supposed to be white with a ribbon of blue and these men, the Korah the the men who were following Korah said no, no, they have to be blue but that was only a, a small reason to start the whole problem to bring it all to the surface and so they they burst out in rebellion against Moses you know one I remember before I got married I I used to play a bit of hockey and rugby and things but there was a hockey a guy in the hockey team and he wasn't a Christian that I I was aware of but he said to me oh you're getting married I'll give you a bit of advice and he gave me a bit of advice from the Bible it says and this is just by the way don't go to bed angry don't let the sun go down upon your wrath don't go to bed angry because that's the trouble you go and you lie in bed and you see the bed and the next morning it's worse it's very good advice it all actually stems from the same idea about this coat this garment we were talking about the fringes on it if a man owed you money and you took as a surety his garment the Bible said you had to give it back to him before the sun went down. And this is the same idea. Don't go to bed angry. And that guy gave me that advice. Which I never kept. <laughs> no, seriously. It is good advice. It's good practical advice. Don't go to bed angry. This, if we saw in verse 2, they rose up before Moses these 250 you've gone too far who do you think you are all the congregation is holy every one of them and the Lord is among them that's what they were saying why then do you exalt yourself as the only one who can approach God you've gone too far you're promoting yourself these people were not just standing out against Moses or against Aaron Moses said but Aaron what's he done to you he hasn't done anything Aaron was the high priest and as I said God had appointed the high priest and it was only through the high priest that these people could 
come before God. But they were, they weren't just saying, "Oh, you're." It's against you we have it. It was against the laws of God. That's what they were saying. They were saying we have the right to go before God. Everybody's holy. We can go to God. Why should it only be Aaron that we that we can get to God through? There was open rebellion against God's high priest. And that's what's happening today. We see it happening in churches. We, we saw that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We can only get to God through Jesus. That's what he said. If it's not true, then he's a liar. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But today this has all changed. There are many roads to God. We've heard it. We've heard it all the time. Many ways up the mountain. You can approach the mountain from different sides. Many streams all leading into the river. We do not have to go through Jesus. Every man can find God within himself. And you know we have our leaders all joining in multi-faith services and everything else. All praying to some God. And what does the Bible say? The gods of the nations are demons. And now with all this uh, business with the war and all coming up. Everyone is praying to their God. There's only one God. Allah is not the God of the Bible. Allah has no son. My God has a son who came and died so that I might receive life through him. Allah has no son. Cursed is anyone who believes that Allah has a son. And that's what was happening here. These people were saying, we don't have to go through the high priest. We can all go to God the way we feel about it. That was the seriousness of it. Was just arguing and fighting with Moses. All the congregation are holy. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. That's what they said. And that's the same as what is saying. There's nothing new under the sun, you know. The same old things keep coming up again and again and again. Man is rebellious against God. Man wants to get to God his way. And not the way God has laid down. This wasn't just a case of self-promotion. But excluding and seeking to replace the way the almighty God had appointed. That he should be worshipped. And you know God says I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. I'm jealous of my authority and my power. I'm jealous. And Moses and Aaron started to remonstrate with them and argued. No they didn't. They got down on their knees and prayed. That's what they did. Moses, it says, fell on his face before God. He was fearful for them. Moses was a wonderful character. You'd have thought he said, oh God, wipe these fellows out. No, he, he prayed, he prayed. Fearful for the sin and opposing the ordinance of God. And, and through, he was conscious of these people. They were like sheep wandering away. And he prayed for them. And 
we read that he just fell on his face in verse 4. And God gave him the words. Moses was sensible. He left the matter in God's hands. He didn't try and sort this whole thing out his way. He left the matter in God's hands. What Moses was really saying was, I'm not going to decide. I'm going to let God decide this. And in verse 5 he says, Tomorrow, even the Lord, if you read it, tomorrow the Lord will show. I won't show you. I'm not going to sort this out. He says, the Lord will show you who are his and who is holy. And will cause him, and who will he want to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen. That's it. Verse 7 it goes on to say, And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much on yourselves. He threw it back at them. You're, you're taking too much on yourself. The Lord's going to sort this out. I'm not going to sort it out. The Lord. And you know, when we have problems, we should have that attitude. Go to God and ask Him to sort it out. To guide you and direct you. Don't use your own intellect. Use the mind which God will give you. He says you want to be priests. Right? Tomorrow... Get some censers. Put fire in them. Little bowl things. And put incense on it. Now this was only the job of the priests. This wasn't the job of the Levites. These were Levites, these men. The job of the priests was to take these censers with the incense and to present them before God. But he says, you do this. You want to be priests? Well, get these censers. Put incense in them. Put fire in them. And come before God. And put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose. He shall be holy. Let God sort this out. You know there's a principle in churches. In local and national churches. And meetings. You see the church is likened to a body. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, it says 15 and 16. But speaking the love and truth may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We're like a body. The church is like a body. And we're all parts of the body. Some appear to be more important than others. But they're not. Because each part has to work in conjunction with the other parts. You know when you cut your finger. How awkward that is for the rest of the body. You can't do a lot of things that you would normally do when your finger is alright. Get a bit of dirt in your eye. Just a little speck of dirt in your eye. Your whole body is affected. Get a pain in the neck. Certainly, you can see why people say you're a pain in the neck. Because it affects your whole body. Every time you want to turn and twist. It's all important. Every part is important. But some seem to be more important than others. We used to sing a little chorus. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. It's a task the master has prepared for you. 
Haste to do his bidding. Yield him service true. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. You know, you go down the street and, and, and it's all litter and dirt. Because maybe the road sweeper hasn't been along that day. But it affects the whole town, doesn't it? Makes the whole town look dirty. Seems to be an unimportant job, but it is important to the, the whole country. If all the rope sweepers didn't do their work, if all the bin collectors didn't do their collecting, if all the doctors didn't do their patient work, none is more important than the other. The whole system has to work in order for the nation to function. Same with the church. There's a function for you and there's a function for me. There's a function for everybody. Make sure the task that God has given you, you do it. And he said to them in verse 9, is it, is, it, is it just a small thing to you that God has given you the job as being a Levite? They had to help in the tabernacle. They were responsible for carrying very precious parts of the tabernacle as, as they went on a journey. When the tabernacle was dismantled, their job was to, to, to carry some of the important materials of the tabernacle onto the next resting place. And he says, is that a small job that you think? Do you, do, you, do you not think that's an important job? Is it a small thing that God has allowed you to do this function? And he says, do you still want to, do you want to be priests? Do you want to be priests as well? God has given you a task, or God has given me a task. Don't, as Moses say, don't treat it lightly. You're not against us. You're not against Aaron and me. You're fighting against God. Therefore he says in verse 11. It is against the Lord. That you and all your company. Have gathered together. And he says. And why, why, why bring Aaron into this? He's got nothing to do with it. Now it would appear that the, while he was saying this, that the two of the conspirators, Dathan and Abram, weren't there. And he summoned them. And they said, no, we're not coming up to you. You've taken on too much. We're not coming near you. They said, you, you said you're going to bring us to a land of milk and honey. And where is it? We're going to die in this wilderness. They had very short memories. Just a few chapters back. They had come to the entrance to the promised land. And it was all lying before them. And they wouldn't go in. They were afraid of the giants. And you remember Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. They said, the giants in there are alright. But God has said we're going to have the land. Let's go up. God has said he's given it to us. Let's go up and go into it. But the rest of them, no. And they'd rebelled. And come back. And yet, they were complaining here just a, a few weeks later. Oh, you didn't give us the promised land. They, thought they were the ones who had come back. They wouldn't go in. What short memories. We have short memories sometimes. You think that God is, is, is treating us roughly. Look at what we have in Christ Jesus. All that he has done, he's given us his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be our saviour. And Moses was angry. Let him move on. 
Moses was angry in verse 15. Moses was wroth. And then in verses 16 and 17, he laid out what? There was, had to be a showdown. There had to be a showdown. And he says, we're going to have the rules. He says, take, the, take your censers, put fire in the censers, and lay incense in them, and stand before the tabernacle. And, you know, something which started with three men and 250 princes, if you look at verse 19, things had mushroomed. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them. From something which was only three or four and then at 250, now it has developed that the whole congregation was gathered against Moses and Aaron. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And Moses prayed to God that he would sort the whole thing out. God said, separate yourselves. Tell the congregation. Advise the congregation to separate themselves away. Separate yourselves away from these men. Separate yourselves. He says, tell them to get away. Before that, he said to Moses, you and Aaron, get your families away. I'm going to wipe out the whole congregation. And Moses, he prayed, God, don't do that. Don't do that. You're not going to wipe out the whole congregation just because a few men have sinned. They've been led along by these people. Don't do that, God. You know, you'd have thought Moses would have had the chance to say, yes, certainly, wipe them all out. That's what we'd have been inclined to do. Oh, they've gone under my skin, these people, enough. Wipe them out. And God said, in the previous case, I'd start a whole new congregation, a whole new tribe from your family. Now, Moses wasn't like that. He's a lovely character. He said, God, don't wipe them out. Just because these men have, 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 have sinned against us, don't, don't wipe them out. And he didn't. He took Moses' advice, but he says, tell you what, tell the rest of the people to get away from these people. And that's what we need to be sure. That when we see wrong and we see things which are not right within, within the lives of people around us, don't associate with those people. Don't associate. Keep yourselves unspotted from the world. The Bible tells us. Keep yourselves unspotted from the world. And he spake in verse 26 unto the congregation. Depart I pray you from the tents of these wicked men. And touch nothing of theirs. Lest ye be consumed as well. So the congregation were wise. They got away from these people. You know really I think we're going to have to really leave it there. Because... Time, time has, has beaten us. We'll, we'll finish the, the, this chapter next week. But you know, what, what can we learn from it today? What can we learn from it? We can learn from it that God has laid down how he has to be worshipped, how he has to be approached. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not through a whole lot of any way, any way, just approach God the way we want to. God has said, if we want to come and worship him, we have to come through the Lord Jesus. Don't be caught up in all this multi-faith stuff. All this stuff that we can approach God any way we like. Always lead to God. They don't. They don't. Either Jesus Christ was a liar, 
when he said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life, or else it's the truth of God's word. And then to keep, keep ourselves unspotted. Keep ourselves away from those things which will displease God. Keep ourselves away from that which is unedifying. Keep ourselves unspotted from the world. We'll finish it next week, I hope. Thank you.